Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. For centuries, people have walked their way to better health and greater wisdom. So on today's show, we will explore the spiritual benefits of walking our way home. Welcome to Roundhill Radio. I'm Leslie. And I'm Ed. Hey, Ed. How are you, Leslie? I'm still chuckling. Good. Good. It's good to it's good to laugh in the month of March. It is a very good to do. So what's on your mind? Well, I've been thinking about a saying that someone shared with me hey. many years ago. And I really love this saying. Uh, the, the composer of this little saying is a man named Ruben Alves, who was a Portuguese theologian and a poet and really a very creative person. And his phrase is, there is no there, there is only a way. Ooh. I like this very much. I like that. There is, it's like an enjoying the journey. It's not for the destination. Yes. That sort of a situation. And we like, and we, I think, uh, you know, I, I certainly have encountered many people over the years who really love that idea of the process that's mm-hmm. so important because the destination kind of rises up and maybe you achieve it, but yep. then what's on the other side of it? Oh, definitely. R- we're right? talking about that a lot in our household. Because okay. We're... <laughs> We're in the middle of about 15 different projects. Oh, good. And if you don't enjoy the process, it's going to be rough for a while. It's going to be real rough. <laughs> yeah. Embrace this. So I think yes. you need to somehow, you know, tape this to the wall or something. I might just, is... like the, and just like right on the door of the fridge. Do it. Yeah. There is no there. There There's is only a way. way. I yeah. like that. So, uh, also kind of sounds like something uh, that would have been said in The Matrix. It does, doesn't it? But just a little bit. Yeah. I just rewatched the first movie. <laughs> I feel like Morpheus. I hear that Morpheus saying that in my ears right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those epic. things. Yeah. So, and I like. I actually like this phrase because um, I'm. I really love to walk, mm. and I always think about uh, the word "way" while walking. Uh, it's just uh, you know this this notion of being on the way. Oh, okay. And. Um, so I think the other thing that this makes me think about is that uh, there, there's another old, old saying that I've loved for years. It's a Latin phrase called uh, salvatore ambulando, your salvation by walking. Oh. Yeah. And I think uh, I observed a little bit of this in my family when I was growing up because my parents uh, were not participants in any kind of organized religion. But they were great walkers mm. throughout their entire lives. And so I think that's kind of how they stewed on things and mulled things over and resolved a lot of issues. And then as I got older, I realized this is a really fantastic, you know, opportunity to kind of sort out your life. Sure. By just walking. Get the blood pumping. Yes. Get some fresh air, some vitamin D. Yep. And just get out there, listen to the sounds of nature and you know, try to let the mind quiet a little bit. It doesn't have to always be, you know, a process of, of thinking, thinking, thinking. Sure. Um, but uh, a few years ago, someone had shared with us a movie called The Way, uh, which is about this extraordinary pilgrim's path. It's, it's not only in Spain, but it's, uh, I think people identify it with Spain. And uh, it's the Camino de Santiago. So it's a path that's been 
in place for hundreds of years. And people use it to journey, uh, eventually winding up in northwest Spain at this beautiful cathedral, which was built to honor St. James, one of the apostles, one of the followers of Jesus. But this idea of uh, walking over a long period of time to center yourself, open yourself up to the mystery of life. Mm. And thousands of people do this every year. In fact, I understand now that it's becoming more and more popular. So I think as people are thinking about walking as a great way to exercise, mm. uh, they're also rediscovering walking as a great way to grow their spirit and expand their minds and you know, really yeah. kind of have a better sense of balance in life. Well, I feel like that's something that happens. It's expressed in many different ways. I was thinking... Uh, about the labyrinth, about the tradition of yes. walking a labyrinth. Right. And that is, you know, a sh- very short walk. A very short walk. Very short walk, but mm-hmm. it, it is meaningful for, for many people in the fact of, of moving and movement in, in thinking and movement and um, many things that we do. Yeah. Well, I think uh, for a lot of people for whom walking is an important daily exercise or practice or however they use it, it has so many dimensions to it, and sometimes it's a way to meet friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people deliberately walk in the winter time in the mall or somewhere where they, they'll encounter other people, sure. or they walk in groups, or some people use walking as a time to memorize important words mm-hmm. or sacred texts, mm-hmm. and uh, I love all of that. Yeah, I, lo- I, know, uh, I know someone who listens to podcasts. Really? While she walks, might I recommend this one for your next walk, friends? Here, here, bring, bring <laughs> us with you. Yeah, I know you could think about walking while walking, <laughs> and we'll join you. Such synergy! We'll be right there. That's so good. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, when I was um, a student in seminary, I had a friend who had gone to Sri Lanka for a time to study at a Buddhist monastery, and when he came back, he had asked me if I had ever heard of walking meditation. I barely had heard of meditation at the time. But walking meditation is done really slowly, really slowly. And so he had me accompany him to an evening of walking meditation in Greenwich Village, where Mm -hmm. someone had opened up their home to this. And we actually spent, I think, the better part of an hour walking around this person's relatively small living room in as slow a manner as you could imagine. Wow. It was as if you, we had pushed the slow button on our lives. Mm-hmm. Every step seemed to take 30 seconds. And uh, that was really remarkable because you could feel every bit of your foot touching the floor, you know, mm-hmm. meeting the floor, coming off of the floor. Yeah. And then, uh, slowly, you know, through that process, I remember becoming more attentive to my heartbeat. Sure. And that um, was—it really opened up another dimension of walking. Made me made me aware that this could be a spiritual exercise going in a lot of different directions. Wow. Yeah. That makes me think. Uh, I took a class. Actually, I loved it so much. I ended up minoring in it. Uh, called uh, Dalcroze, mm. which is the study of rhythm. It was created by Emile Jacques Dalcroze. Okay. Um, and Dalcroze, you breathe mix. You might have heard of. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of every class, we were barefoot. Uh, we'd walk mm. around in a circle. And he, my, my professor, uh, David Brown at CIM, mm. he's amazing, would set his metronome, which is a thing that keeps a steady beat, uh-huh. the slowest it would go. Oh, wow. So it was to such a degree that you could not 
sense the beat. You couldn't feel the beat. There was such distance, like you said, like a beat every 30 seconds. Mm. And it would get longer and longer and longer as the year would go on or as you would get higher up in the, in the different levels. And so you'd have to you could count your steps. And the mm. hope is that you, if you first start counting your steps and then you let it go and you start feeling it or you count your, you breathe into it. And then we'd sometimes stop walking and try to sit and feel he would he would describe it as a, a crescendo like like the tension was building and building and building and building and building until uh-huh. the beat happened right um uh-huh. and that made me think of it because you almost had to enter like almost a meditative state mm-hmm. and 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 sort of not let everything else in and just create this sort of bubble for yourself where it's you and it's like indeterminately slow beat yes um and walking actually it was the easiest version because you just so long as you yourself can keep a steady beat in your own footsteps which Mm. is fairly easy it's easier to do than keeping a steady beat if you're playing an instrument it's like Mm -hmm. a transitional thing um it was fascinating it was my favorite thing of course it was like at 7 a.m which is tough for anybody (laughs) much less college students but (laughs) we had an extra level of struggle there (laughs) yes i'm sure that's deliberate yeah (laughs) well i'm sure that also must mean that you have to really cultivate a a high degree of awareness while you're doing that so that you're very conscious of Mm -hmm. stepping and moving and all of that well his whole thing his, his entire sort of philosophy was about rhythm not as only a building block of music, but that you express rhythm through movement mm. and that it's your body expressing it, which as an organist, I f- connect with very deeply because I'm using my entire body mm-hmm. when I'm playing the organ. And so my professor, who was also an organist, mm. was particularly hard on the organist because he's like, you should be able to do this, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which was tricky sometimes. Mm. It was, it was, a, it was an incredible, incredible class. Um, and it's, I, Besides my my two amazing professors I've had in in school, um, that transformed my playing, wow. completely changed the kind of musician I am. Like it just, when you when you change your physical approach to something, I feel like it transforms your transforms whatever you're approaching. Mm. It really comes from the body, right? You know. I think uh, one of our challenges that we're facing, we hear more and more about people sitting for longer and longer periods of time, oh, yeah. right? Especially in front of screens. Hunched over. Hunched over. Blue light yes. lasering into our eyes. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so now there's a lot of encouragement through some of the, you know, uh, some of the voices I'm seeing that are starting to rise to the surface, which is that get up walk around, Mm -hmm. take a long walk. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing uh, to hear about the kind of health benefits that accrue from even a short walk, you know, especially even if it's a a brisk walk, um, you know, of medium length for a person, that it really starts to stimulate not only the body, but the mind. For sure. And um, so I think a lot of times we're literally sort of sitting in our own problems, you know, they're just sort of stagnant after a while. For sure. And... to be able to get up, get out, move around. Some corporations are beginning to encourage people more and more to actually do that, leave the building, get a different perspective. Yeah. So I think this little cue that I got from my parents uh, many, many years ago has really stayed with me over the years. I've often felt intuitively that if something wasn't working, uh, mulling over an idea or something else, get outside, take a walk. Don't even worry about thinking about the issue. Just Take the walk. And mm-hmm. I think that's what you're saying in terms of your 
educational experience. This is about being focused on the physical movement itself. Yeah. Just let that be enough. The mind will continue to, to ponder. Yep. And we don't have to worry about that. We can trust that. Maybe that's the other great part about walking. We can mm-hmm. let that part of ourselves take care of us and then let the other part sort of open up to the wonder of, you know, the the natural world around us or if it's a city you know the cityscape and just bask in all of that i love that especially as the seasons are changing and it's Mm. so much more inviting yes outside yeah it's a this is a great time i think it's like nature is calling saying come on out you know Uh. it's gonna be okay (laughs) april's coming you don't need 14 different layers you really don't (laughs) it's gonna be good well will you hit us with that quote again i sure will so this is rubem alvis there is no there there is only a way. Thanks, Ed. Thank you, Leslie. This is Maria Montalbano from Stanford, Connecticut. Thank you for listening to Round Hill Radio. This podcast is brought to you by members and friends of Round Hill Community Church. You can listen to more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and roundhillcommunitychurch.org. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. Thanks. Did you hear how I accidentally put the Jeopardy theme in during communion on Sunday? No. Yeah. I was completely on accident. And I was like, I hope nobody noticed. (laughs) Because it it was not meant as commentary. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh, no. (laughs) I like went off into something else. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, it was a mess. All right.